We Got the Geek is recorded before a live studio audience. Maybe I made a mistake. We can't lose this fight. Steve gave you that shield for a reason. We have to end this now. All right. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Jay Stu. I'm here for uh, another uh, look back and review of a Marvel uh, Universe property. I'm here once again with our good buddy Hunter. How you doing, sir? I'm doing just fine, buddy. Well, I'm good here. I am ready to be your uh, your Winter Soldier. Oh, thank you, sir. So yeah, we're gonna talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. It recently wrapped up on Disney Plus, uh, six episodes this time, as opposed to nine for One Division. But that was okay. Yeah, I think it was good. Like, I mean, One Division started with like a couple like quick twenty minute episodes. So like the first three were more or less one episode as it was. Yeah. So. And I'm just going to throw this out right off the bat. Um, I was very surprised and and grateful that, unlike WandaVision, I didn't get too many spoilers thrown my way on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, no, it was it was pretty good. I think because there were sort of less twists and turns in this, there were a couple things like episode, what was it, uh, four ended with something like pretty significant and... Um, then, of course, you got, like, the, the suit at the end, and so it's one and six. Um, but, yeah, there wasn't really anything, like, super... Well, Mephisto didn't show up. Wow. (laughs) Are are we sure? There is a new character that, uh, got introduced that could totally be Mephisto. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by that. And then right up the top, um, I was going to say the acting in this series was, was pretty good, especially from the two leads. Yeah, it, they have done a really good job of making the TV shows feel still, like, big screen-esque. Like, there was, I mean, not to, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did a fine job, but there was a, a significant dip in quality from watching the MCU movies and then going to something like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., whereas the the jump from the big screen to the small screen of Disney Plus hasn't felt different. It's felt like the same level of quality, the same sort of motion picture quality of both acting, story, and, like, special effects. Yeah. Like, in, in episode one, just that that whole scene of uh, Falcon chasing the helicopter. Like, I could almost see that on a big screen. Yeah, that was my first note. I felt like that was as good as some of the action sequences that we've gotten on the big screen, if not better than than many of them. It was very reminiscent, and I wonder how intentional it was, of the the Winter Soldier movie of the attack on the boat. All right, yeah. Right, where you get like a long action sequence that just gets to show off the cool abilities of your lead and set some stuff up. But yeah, no, it was an amazing action sequence. And I mean, it, it had sort of flying things in a canyon syndrome. Yeah. Because there's always a canyon. Oh, yeah. And uh, finally, Batrock got to do something. Yeah, he was good. I, yeah. I liked him as a, a legitimate threat. I think it's funny 
to bring him back after he got so thoroughly ass-kicked by Steve. Yeah. And then show off and just be like, no, 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 like, he's actually good. Um, and hey, like, when you're jumping from helicopter to helicopter, you certainly uh, earn the nickname The Leaper. Oh, yeah. So, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, it sort of set up some weird questions, though. Oh, yeah. uh, into sort of the rest of the episode as we... The rest of the episode sort of deals with a post-blip life. Yeah. Um, and one of the first ones we get is is Sam needing to go to the bank to get a loan. Mm-hmm. And, and we get the, the sort of sequence with the completely out-of-touch banker trying to get him to do poses and all this shit yeah. while he rejects his loan. And then you find out that, no, like, none of the Avengers were being paid. Yeah, that was surprising. Now, I mean, there's a certain... There's certain explanations that you can believe, like, it's been five years of the blip. Right. And two years where Falcon was on the run with the, the secret Avengers. Or, True, yeah. Um... But then you, like, I'm, I think back to the beginning of the episode, and I'm like, well, then, like, who is Sam working for on that op at the beginning of the episode? Is he yeah. working for the government? Is he doing that pro bono? Like, is that as, is that an Avengers mission, or is that a military mission? So, it's just sort of, like, I, I it feels bad to say, it just feels like they needed to come up with, like, some explanation for why he couldn't just have the boat get fixed or right. get sold or whatever and I'm not sure it was quite satisfying because it's the sort of emotional through line of part of his story at least and there's certain points that I'm just like okay can't you call like Pepper do we have nothing like there's there's no program for us to get a couple thousand bucks here and there <laughs> yeah but, yeah, I know, it's nice. It was nice to see Sam, like, with his family. Um, and then we get Bucky's therapy. Yeah. Which is great. I, oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed the rules. <laughs> yeah. uh, especially as he's ripping, like, a door off a hinge. Yeah. Or, or whatever it is. Like, I am not the Winter Soldier. I'm... James Buchanan Barnes. <laughs> yeah, the uh, that was yeah. The therapy scenes were pretty great. Yeah, the early ones, the the the, uh, the ones in this episode were really good. It was a nice perspective to have somebody that was willing to call him out on his bullshit because he's waking up from nightmares, and she's like, "Yeah, no, you're definitely having nightmares. Like, don't don't lie to me here. Like, this is court mandated." And then we get to cut to him in his personal life, mm -hmm. which is him being all chummy with, like, old people, which I think is great because he's from, like, the 20s. Yeah. Or, no, the 40s, 40s. Oh yeah, my that God. was my first thought when I saw that on the episode. Was, like, oh, okay, like, that, that's that's cool. Like, those, those are the people that he would sort of feel more, like, gravitated to. Um... And then, of course, we get the, the sort of uh, heart smack 
which is that the guy that he's so chummy with, he killed his son. Yeah. And I thought that was great. I thought mm. it it was also a really good way to set up Bucky's story. Yeah. Well, for sure it was. Um, and we had a guest appearance, a guest star. We did, yeah. and I, I'm glad I didn't know about it beforehand, because that was a nice surprise. Yeah, it was It was good. I, I liked seeing it. It added sort of continuity to the universe. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry we didn't get to see more of him. Yeah. Like, like, even if it was just, like, a phone call or something later on, or, I don't know, it, it just seemed, um, like, it was nice to see him, I just, I just wish there had been more. Yeah, I always, even if he would have shown up at the, on the last episode or something. I thought he was going to. Uh, a friend of mine and I were talking about it when we got to the, I'll talk about that when we get to the last episode, but. And then, of course, we have one more reveal for the episode. Oh, geez, yeah. Uh, good old John Walker gets announced as Cap. John Walker swaggers his not Captain America or America's ass <laughs> out, of the, out of the building and down to the, the podium and gives that that damn wink. And yeah. <laughs> and I will say this. Um, Wyatt Russell... I, I I can't applaud his his portrayal of this character enough through the whole series. Definitely, uh, it is very hard to play a character that you know people are not going to like. There's a there's a fine line between not committing to it enough because you're scared as an actor of not wanting to be unliked, mm-hmm. or or going too far and it just becomes a, a hammy performance. But he does a, a really good job. He joins the the ranks of Dolores Umbridge and Joffrey Baratheon as just <laughs> characters that I just fucking hated. And it takes a really good actor to do that. So. Exactly. I couldn't get over the amount of people in in everyday life that couldn't separate the character from the actor, though. And he... <sighs> yeah, and that's and that's unfortunate. Exactly. That, that sucks. Like. Here's your public service announcement from We Got the Geek. Don't be a dick. These are actors, like, these are these are people often whom love this material just as much as we do. And, yeah, if they're playing a part that you hate, it's because they're a good actor. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's one to grow on. It, it is. And but I love I the subtle things about the costume not fitting quite right, like the helmet being a little big. Yeah. Um, this sort of leads into into number two here, because this is the, the beginning of the episode two is our, our first real introduction to John Walker. Yeah, his little parade and the, uh, the stadium and the interview he does. I enjoyed the remix or, uh, yeah. like, do of Star Spangled Man. I yeah. thought it was a really good... Uh, good way of doing that. I love the idea of high school bands all over the country having to learn that song. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and we and we get like a a good moment with him first, like by himself, with him and his fiance or his wife or something. Yeah. And sort of trying to get a feel for who he is, and even from that first scene, you feel like he's a guy that like has just 
gotten into something way bigger than himself that he is not ready for. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's going to be the theme, sort of the story of of his journey through the whole series is just somebody dealing with stuff that they are completely like that is completely out of their league. Um, and not just like the the fights and that, but like having to be on, having to be the face of of uh, Captain America and, and all this. So. It, it was a good setup for him. Yeah, and, uh, you'll probably agree with me on this one. There were times in that series, especially in scenes where he got mad, uh, could he not have looked or sounded more like his dad? Oh, man, yeah, there's a, there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Kurt Russell in that. Oh, yeah. Does this count as, like, a micro-episode of Kurt Your Enthusiasm, then? Like a... I will allow it. <laughs> okay. Um... Yeah, no, no, like, there was, it was, it was so close, it was, it, I had no idea he existed as a person, like, I, I feel horrible to say that. Well, I, I'd only ever seen him in one movie, and that was, uh, one of those goon movies, the, the hockey movies that Stifler did. Oh, okay. I, it makes me, like, I wish they had cast him as young Ego. In yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I thought that would have been funny. Yeah, that would have been cool, actually. But, um, yeah, no, like, it, it, there was definitely times where I'm like, oh, shit, man, that's that's Jack O'Neill from Stargate. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, and, uh, was this the episode where they introduced Isaiah Bradley? Uh, do, do, do. Yeah, this was the episode that we got Isaiah Bradley. So <laughs> we get Bucky and... Falcon are off investigating the Flag Smashers, which was uh, introduced in the last episode, because we're still dealing with the consequences of the blip and having, like, well, I mean, the population of the world now is like 8 billion. So you got 4 billion people who pop back into existence. Yeah. And yeah. so the idea is, is that to, to help recover from that, sort of world boundaries were dis- disintegrated. They just became one world, countries didn't really worry about borders because they just needed people moving around and need to start moving resources and moving workers and I can imagine like having to deal with farms because this isn't going to be like oh it's half the population of the United States and half the population of France it's probably really disproportionate and you're going to have some countries that just lost say, all of their construction workforce and others that lost all of, say, their agricultural. So um, it makes sense that you'd have to start moving things around really quickly with none of the red tape or bureaucracy that might exist now where just people are in trouble. And, like, I think of, like, Red Cross efforts that happen during, like, hurricanes or earthquakes, and that's this, to, like, the nth degree. Mm-hmm. And you just go, okay, let's just get help out there, and we'll sort of figure out the, the logistics of it all later. So um, so these people are ones that are either displaced, because they're coming back and having to live in sanctuaries, or people that were sort of happy with the way things were, with the borders not existing, that are now being told that they have to go back to... Back to go back to your country. 
yeah. uh, make way for people that whose homes they might have taken. Um, and it's interesting that it was something that was so humorously tossed away or, or not paid attention to at all or glossed over in uh, Far From Home taken like such a good look at here. Because mm-hmm. they just sort of like like made fun of it and then like Aunt May was like, oh, there are people living in my house. And it's like, okay. Um, but here, like you actually start to think about like, okay, like what does that look like? What do you do with 4 billion people pop back up? Yeah. So and you- dealing with the consequences of the fact that Earth got like massively invaded and a chunk of like I want to say the eastern seaboard, because I think that's where the Avengers facility is. Mm-hmm. It's like, state New York got, like, bombarded by Thanos. So, well, We've talked about this before. We need to see a series or a movie that deals with uh, the after effects of, of the blip. It's, uh, yeah, I would, li- I would like to see that. I, I think it would be, it would be really cool. Um, it'd be nice if it was, like, a... Like, if we got some of the main cast back in there, too, because, yeah. like, seeing Natasha have to have to become, like, the head of the team and stuff like that. And, but, yeah. So the Flag Smashers then go to steal um, vaccines mm-hmm. on Convoy. And this is where we find out that, like, at least the ones that we're interacting with now are super soldiers. Yeah. Where, because they're, they're kicking our ass. Though it did, it did, the uh, I, I was very happy to see just Bucky just, like, rip off a sleeve and jump out of plane. <laughs> that was cool. I thought that was, I thought that was hilarious. It was very reminiscent of Steve. Yeah. Like, oh, does he have a parachute? Nope. Just gonna, I'm just gonna land on his arm. <laughs> Yeah, because it's made of vibranium, right? Like, we've yeah. seen Steve, like, jump out of a big building and land on the shield, and it makes sense that Bucky could curl up the right way and just take it on the shoulder. Yeah. But, uh, and then, of course, New Cap. Yeah, and Battlestar? Is that his name? Battlestar, oh my god. Uh, everybody's got a gimmick. Um, yeah, show up to, to quote-unquote, save the day. Um, and I, I will give credit to, to, to new cap here. Um, he, he tries his, he tries his damnedest. Um, <laughs> he had an actually cool sort of little heroic moment when Battlestar fell off the camp, uh, convoy and he threw the shield, yeah. uh, to, to catch him on the landing. I thought that was really cool. It was. Um, so I, I like that they were willing to show him sort of doing well at the same time that they were willing to show him sort of getting getting his butt kicked. Mm-hmm. But that, of course, leads us into Isaiah. Yes. Which is like, well, wait a second. Where the hell did eight more super soldiers come from? And we find out that, well, the government sucks <laughs> again. And it turns out that they experimented on black guys. And told them it was like, was it typhoid or something? Yeah, and this was during the Korean War. Yeah, so this is actually like real world event. Like 
there was actually, there are real world ties to this. There were actual people that were uh, of color that were sort of told they were getting something when in fact they were being infected with diseases to try and track how these diseases would spread or how bodies would react to them. So it was, it was very reminiscent of stuff that we've actually seen from our own history that we sort of shove under the carpet. Um, <clears throat> and we get more of his story later, but it's very clear that, like, he's a super soldier, and, uh, and Sam does not take that well. No. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I would either. I think, I, I think when you, if you found out that the government that you were working for had secretly been experimenting on people and let them sort of fall through the cracks and it would not be, uh, good news. We'll put it. Yeah. We'll put and, it. uh, threw him in jail for 30 years, I think. Yeah. 30 years. Uh, yeah, we get more of his backstory later, but yeah, he was, uh, basically jailed to cover it up. Yeah. They didn't want anybody to know that they were working on the, the super soldier serum, and yeah. It's it's interesting that we get sort of more of that super soldier serum information, because um, I know in the Ultimate comic book, they tried to tie a lot of characters' histories a little bit more together. You have the benefit of hindsight where you can sort of tell a more cohesive story and you get things like the Hulk being a derivative of the super soldier serum but with uh, gamma rays instead of vita rays. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, there was talk of like the super soldier serum being used on spiders was part of what led to the creation of Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And it, um, so you get you get to tie things together nicely, and it, it's sort of interesting to to sort of tie a lot more backstories into Steve Rogers and realizing that, like, yeah, as the first Avenger, as this first super soldier, it changes the way that everybody's going to look at warfare. Because when one country develops a nuke, well... Every other country has to try and develop it, too. Yeah. And it just became, instead of, like, this nuclear arms race, you just have this super soldier arms race. And we get echoes of that, too, in Iron Man 2, where, like, the Iron Man technology comes out. Well, now every country's got to work on their own Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice to get these sort of, like, real-world parallels. It helps the... The, the honesty of the storytelling or helps you connect to it better because you can see the, the truth in it or you can see parallels to to our own history. Yeah. But they decide that to figure out what's going on with these super soldiers, there is only one person to talk to. That's right. Uh, sort of how the episode ends, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, Zemo. So... Our uh, our villain of Civil War, because we've already brought back the we already brought back one of the early villains of uh, Winter Soldier. We're gonna bring back the villain of the next one now. And uh, I thought he was great. I, yeah. I thought Zemo in this 
series was probably my favorite character. He was good. The only I thing that was disappointing to me was before the show, everyone was making a big deal out of him wearing the mask, and he only wore the mask for one scene. That is correct. Yeah. But, I mean, like, let's be clear. Like, that mask is stupid. Yeah, I guess uh, so. So, like, like, give him the credit. Like, good. You got him in the mask once. Like, we, we don't need to see it any more than that. Like, because that's only the really the only fight scene he does, too, right? Yeah, it is. So, it is. Everything else he sort of either is just dancing awkwardly, letting Bucky do it, <laughs> yeah. or, yeah, he's like, he's getting other people to do the work for Handing him. Handing out so, Turkish delight. Exactly. He's <laughs> very, very Chronicles of Narnia, White Witch. I, I gotta tell you, the little uh, quick prison break montage made me laugh quite a bit. I I thought it was great. I was worried that they were gonna bog themselves down a lot with like how to get or like oh are we gonna get him out? Are we not? And have them just go like no, he's already out of prison. We're going to meet him right now. Yeah, that was That's awesome. Great. And then we find out that like Baron Zemo is Batman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with his 150 year old butler. Yeah, he's a rich guy. Both his parents died. He has uh, he has problems with supervillainy, and he has a he has a pretty cool butler. Yeah. Uh, alternate universe Batman. So. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, they just look to find out like, oh, you're a Baron. Oh yeah yeah yeah, that's fine. I thought it was a nice hand wave to to be like, okay, like this is why we're gonna jump around the world a bunch. Don't worry about it. We'll use he's rich to explain why. Like, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I want to ask you this because I know you're a big X Men fan. Uh, were you excited when they mentioned Madripoor and they went there? I was. It took me a second. Like, I I was trying to figure out if they had mentioned it before at all, and I like because I was like I've actually been rereading some of the old uh, Chris Claremont X Men. Okay. Recently, that's come up in that, so it was sort of, the, the name was fresh in my mind, but I couldn't place where I knew it from. I'm like, yeah, 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 it's, uh, Kristen asked me about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's a real world thing out in, like, uh, the Philippines, and I'm like, wait a second, no, it's not. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's this, it's from the X-Men, and so, yeah, um, it makes me, because it also has ties to another hero that uh, has something coming out soon, which is Shang-Chi. That's right, yeah. So I wonder if this was their little plant to sort of get people familiar with what that that country was like so that they don't have to worry about introducing it too much in that movie. Oh, maybe. So, but it's nice world building. I like it. Uh, I thought it was really cool. Uh, we get a great exchange between Zemo and uh, Sam of, like, I look like a pimp. And, yep. like, well, only an American would think a well-dressed black man is a pimp. <laughs> yeah. And while a joking line, it does play to sort of this overall narrative of the story of, like, how people of color are treated different in the United States, and we've seen that with the bank scene. We've seen that now with 
um, Isaiah. We're seeing it again, even with Zemo's sort of European perspective on Americans. And it, it plays a big part in Sam's decision, too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's nice that, like, little lines like that are, are a good joke, but when they, they sort of service the overall plot, it makes them even better. Yeah. And and then we get to play more with Bucky's story, where Bucky has to um, take on the role of the Winter Soldier again. Yeah. And and how how does he do that, or like how he, how easy it is for him? Because we see from like his opening exchange with Zemo, the first thing Zemo tries to do is try and activate him. Oh my God, that was kind of funny though. Oh, you knew it was gonna happen, and you're like, okay, what what's gonna happen? Um, like, how worried should we be? But it was it was really neat to have to see Bucky struggle with that, uh, especially when Zemo's just like, okay, Winter Soldier, kill, and you you see that hesitation. But he knows he has to go through with it because that's the that's the mission. So, and we get our first hint of the power broker. Yep. So this was where, this was the the one division esque point of speculation for a lot of people. Oh, yeah, um, I read about that. Of who this was, and I know there was some people. Kingpin, I think, was the big. Um. The big one that a lot of people wanted. Yeah. There were, of course, jokes that it was Mephisto. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's something that pays off later, cause, but we also meet a, an old friend, uh, Sharon Carter. Yeah, and she's been hiding since Civil War. Yeah, and I thought that was also a really cool... It, it's nice to get these TV series where, because of the longer format... You get to deep dive into things that you would sort of gloss over in the movies. Yeah. And and one of those things is like, well, yeah, no, there was a lot of people that helped Cap sort of go rogue and what happens to them. Um, and Sharon Carter was one of them. She, like, even said it, like, I stole all of your stuff so that you guys could go off and and save the day kind of thing, and but I got left behind. So, um, yeah, it, it felt very sort of natural for her character, where she's like, well, it pretends to be an uh, offense for so long. I had, uh, I, I figured I might as well just become one for real. And she was a great action scene. Yeah, it was great. It was good, good for her. Good for her. <laughs> I, I love Emily Van Camp. I think she was, she was criminally underused before, and I'm glad that it looks like they're changing their, uh, they're, like they're they're giving her a better chance uh, to move beyond just being new Peggy Carter. Yeah, no, I, I was I was happy to see her back. Oh. I, I like her work and. And I agree, like, they they barely used her in the movies. Yeah. So, um, and then, yeah, she gets a really good team while they go look and find the dude who made the new Super Soldier Serum. Mm Mm-hmm. 
like that felt like another thing that was sort of glossed over in the in the series is just like yeah yeah no we we made it. So, um, <laughs> uh, just some guy working in out of like shipping containers and <laughs> yeah. In Madripoor, yeah, 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 what are you talking about? Yeah, I made it way better. You don't even need Vita Rays or any of that crap now. You just <laughs> kick yourself with, like, an EpiPen, and <laughs> congratulations, you're a super soldier. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm not wrong. No, you're not. You're not. So, but it, it makes you wonder, like, what, say, maybe, um... It, might, it gives them a little bit of uh, a chance to cover their butts where it could explain why people are, are acting erratically or they don't get as big as Steve did. Because like, Steve went from being like a twig into being like a log. Yeah. Um, That's good. But, yeah, so, and then he dies because Zemo killed him. Because Zemo is anti-super soldier. That's right. And he is he is not wasting any time. <laughs> and yeah, and then we get his first action scene where he, he pulls on the, the purple mask and uh, starts going to town and, and gets a roadster. Because wasn't this an actual, like, car of his from the comics? I, yes, it was, actually. Oh, man. See, the bad guys get all the cool cars. At least in Marvel. Yeah. Get like Red Skull's Hydra Roadster. What do, what do we get? The, the fucking fantastic car. Jesus. And uh, one of the weirder, weirder comics I remember reading. Thanos had a Thanos copter. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, there was also the Magneto mobile. Yep, there was a Spider mobile in the seventies. Oh man, yeah, everybody got cool, cool vehicles. It's true. Um, um and then. There wasn't really any new Captain America in this episode, which I think was nice. It was nice to sort of take a break from him. Yeah. Um, we, we just literally get, like, a couple shots of him, like, following, trying to follow some breadcrumbs and failing at it. So yeah. you got the only thing that you need to do, which is he's not good at his job. Oh, he sucks. <laughs> but it leads us to our the, the end of episode three into episode four with... Uh, that's right, and I was watching it, and it's like it all comes back, like like oh yeah, uh, Bucky's got like all kinds of Wakanda ties, so that kind of makes sense. True, and you and you start seeing him pick up the little pieces of like uh, Wakanda tech. Yeah, and you're like, oh god, right, and then like it took me, and I'm like, oh shit, right, they don't like Zemo. For good reason, though. Well, oh, oh, for a very <laughs> good reason, but, like, it's not a connection that had really come up beyond, like, it's one of those things where you think, like, oh, it was sort of all neatly tied up at the end of Civil War. Uh, like, T'Challa doesn't want to kill him and actually takes him in to get arrested. Cool, yeah. that story's all tied up in a neat little package and not realizing what, no, no, they'd be pissed if he got out of jail. Oh, of course. So, Killed their leader. Yeah. Regista. You have selected Regista. <laughs> you know the name of the king or queen being murdered. Press one. <laughs> uh, and then, so yeah, so 
we've got the, the sort of ultimatum from the Dora Milaje where you have, what they say, like 10 hours? Yeah, to, like, use Zemo and then they're coming to get him. Yep. And now, a word from our sponsors. You're listening to the Points of Interest Podcast Network. You can find us at poipodcast.com. For the love of pod. 